0: This is
1: the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda Senior Market Analysts from across the globe. And today, I'm delighted to say it is Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London. How are you doing, Ed? Hi, Johnny. I'm wonderful. Fairly volatile week for markets. We started with some jitters in various regions, mainly down to the Delta variant, but that was fairly short-lived, was it not?
0: Yes. um, It appears Monday was predominantly a growth scare. I I mean, we we saw the Dow Jones Industrial uh, post its largest decline of the year. There was uh, some nervousness. I mean, the the market has been filled with froth. So you did see some heightened selling. You know, fascinating to see that over about one third of the stocks on the uh, New York Stock Exchange were down about 20%. Um, So you have a good portion of stocks in bear market territory given what was For the most part, a, a short-lived uh, a little blip, um, and and I think right now you're 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 seeing that investors are you know really uh, impressed with earnings season. We're we're still having a fairly large amount of stimulus getting pumped into the system, uh, and uh, we're on the verge of getting more uh, infrastructure spending progress. I think um, next week is going to be key, but we're probably going to see Democrats. Um, uh, you know, I think eventually, when it's all said and done with all this back and forth negotiation, and probably by September, we'll be talking about a two trillion dollar infrastructure deal that's going to get stretched through, um, you know, the next decade, and, and that's very positive for stocks. So, I think you have that, and uh, in addition to, you know, probably the Fed and the ECB are going to be, um, I think, one and the other. They're 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 basically signaling. There, there's going to be a lot more accommodation, and I think this week's, um, this, this, what this week has shown us is that, you know, the U.S. consumer is resilient and. So far, able to handle these price increases, so it looks like there's still a lot of optimism here for U.S. equities, and that's why today we've uh, we've seen the S&P 500, um, you know, push towards a, an intraday record high. So um, it looks like risk, you know, quickly got its groove back. And and you know what? There's not been any major improvements with the Delta variant jitters. I mean, we're still seeing, you know, the uh, the lockdown uh, scenarios um, remain. Um, elevated. But I mean, we're not going to see drastic uh, restrictions like we, we saw, uh, um, you know, months, months ago. Um, so I think we're, we're probably going to see the market is going to be able to adapt to that. There's this belief, you know, for countries that are getting, you know, um, really uh, um, struggling with, with the Delta variant, they're probably going to, you know, mirror the, the playbook we saw in India, where it's four to six weeks of, of, uh, uh, you know, some tough times, but then uh, you're going to see cases decline and uh, hopefully economic activity um, will improve. And uh, I think that's kind of why markets are still fairly upbeat. Um, And that's kind of uh, some of that volatility we saw this week.
1: I'm interested to know what the view of the UK is and specifically England. Uh, from where you are, Ed, because what we're doing here in this country is really the opposite of almost everywhere else in the world. Despite rising cases, uh, we have more freedoms and the cases continue to rise, maybe a bit of a drop off -off over the last 24 hours, which is encouraging news. But uh, the government here is taking a massive gamble. It might pay off, it might not. I just wonder whether uh, you know you're in the u s you're looking at us as a one great big medical experiment
0: unfortunately, there's not a lot of clarity as far as well, I think everyone for the most part feels that uh you know depending on which vaccination you have and you know if your population has had um, the majority of uh, mRNA vaccines or the AstraZeneca vaccines uh, they're holding up well against the delta variant as far as not leading to hospitalizations the concern is that uh, you know as the rest of the world is struggling with covid uh, you know some of them are are, are seeing that the Sinovac vaccine is not doing too well so i think you you're probably going to have this really difficult lens to see exa- exactly well which you know you know how you know how much should we restrict uh, indoor activity how how much uh, you know as, as far as you know your population you know how, how can how, how successful um, you know is 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 uh, your your current uh, you know vaccinated population going to be against uh, the, the current. The current threat, and and right now, I think you're you're probably going to see that a lot of countries, they're 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 fed up with um, these restrictions, and uh, I think what you're probably going to see is that um, there there's there's this movement that, um, you know, we have to learn to live with COVID, and uh, that's across many states here in the U.S. I think there's there's some states that have terrible um, vaccination rates, but they're going forward with reopening um, regardless of you know what we see. Um, and, and spikes in cases and in hospitalization. So I think, you know, the, the world is adapting to, to COVID. And uh, I think, you know, everyone is, is hoping that we don't see, you know, the, you know, the hospitalization struggles and healthcare capacity systems um, be at risk. But um, I think right now there's, you know, there's still a large po- amount of the population that has been vaccinated. And uh, I think right now it, it, it it's, uh, it's still fairly upbeat, I think. That's why you're seeing uh, UK assets have been performing pretty well. And uh, I, I think that um, you're probably going to see there is more momentum uh, to be had once uh, this, this uh, Delta variant concerns ease.
1: Let's talk about oil. A pretty exciting trade this week. Inventory showing first build since May. Uh, we, of course, had the news from OPEC Plus about the decision to increase supply which saw the numbers drop what's happening at the moment
0: the the reaction at the start of the week was a little tricky because you know some people were thinking that oh opec plus is raising output four hundred thousand barrels in in august well it's more supply that's you know that should be bad for prices and then you had the, the delta variant jitters you know grubble growth concerns and, and oil prices were extremely uh, vulnerable, and, and when you consider how V-shaped uh, the 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 rebound in oil prices have been over the last several months, uh, I, I I think you know there was there was an there was an easy opportunity here for most energy traders to just lock in some profits. Um, but I, I think um, you know, and, and you know, from the from the, the record highs, from just a couple not record highs, from the the recent highs of of around seventy seven dollars a barrel, you know, we 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 dropped fifteen percent, and uh, I think what you know the energy market quickly. Um, remembered was that this market is extremely in deficit. Uh, the, the the demand, even with the current Delta variant jitters and and some restrictions that we've seen uh, imposed uh, across some countries, uh, demand is still you know, outpacing uh, supply. So so I think we're 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 seeing um, you know in June you know the it was about 2.3 million barrels per day. OPEC plus is going to raise output by 400,000 and of that 400,000, it, it's unlikely they're really going to be able to, de- to deliver that. Some some of the, the countries that are supposed to raise output won't be able to do it as fast. And uh, you'll probably really see just about maybe over 300,000 barrels come, come in August, which means we're still at a very strong uh, deficit here, which means uh, you know oil is it's all about supply and demand right now and 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 right now it's just uh this market is, is is poised to rip higher so i think uh you have a lot of energy traders that are still um still uh you know touting 80 oil as as, as a firm likelihood and, and right now given the market dynamics uh, you're probably going to see that's going to be the case so that, i think there's a there's still a lot of oil, oil bulls out there and uh right now um you, you know you take a look at u.s production it's not going to go much higher than where we are at 11.4 million barrels per per day, and uh, I think uh, we've heard from lots of uh, oil companies. You know, shale production is not going to go up, um, even though we have higher prices. Uh, there's uh, a lot of companies that still they have to exercise uh, financial discipline here uh, and defend the balance sheets. And, and guess what? They you know right now, if you're an energy company, it's all, it's about survival uh, still, uh, and uh, you you're probably going to see more focus on increasing dividends. The larger oil companies are focused on increasing their cleaner energy um, offerings. And uh, I think um, right now, oil, oil still seems like it's, uh, it's, it's poised to, to rally higher.
1: And I recall at the end of our podcast last week, you pointed ahead to the ECB and what might come out of that particular meeting. And off air, you said to me, it was a bit of a dud in the end. Still, it's important to look ahead to the September meeting. There was a lot of
0: expectations that this was going to be a live meeting, and uh, and uh, I think what we really saw was the the ECB really just delivered um, mostly uh, uh, dovish tones. I think their their new guidance on interest rates, what it did, it really I think pushed back the odds of a hike by you know several years, and and I, I think that you're you're probably going to see that the debate uh, amongst. You know ecb officials is is really going to heat up i think a lot of officials are going to want looser links between qe and the qe exit and interest rates and uh, i i think right now the concern is that uh we're going to probably see in september they're going to boost the pep and um, right now i think um you, you know you're you're really at a, a juncture where you know this volatility um, in, in currencies, um, it's going to struggle, I think, for the euro dollar because I think you're going to see uh, traders are going to view um, there, there's just uh, no signs of any um, um, immediate easing as far as um, uh, support to the economy, and uh, it's, it's currency wars all over again. So I think uh, it's going to be a difficult trade on uh, euro dollar. So you might start to see, um, um, you know, some broadening formations, but right now, uh, uh, everyone's going to. You know, really look to see you know which economy is going to be in a better position to to start tightening. And right now, I think the argument is that you know you're probably going to see the U.S. just because we're we're actually seeing inflationary pressures, and uh, um, I, I think there's a stronger likelihood that that's the case. So um, that's going to you know really put a dent in uh, a lot of people anticipating a, a, you know a, a stronger euro.
1: It was a topsy turvy week for. Bitcoin, wasn't it? When we spoke last week, it had dipped below $30,000. But Mr. Elon Musk came to the rescue, didn't he, when he said that Tesla is most likely to start accepting it as a payment again. He must enjoy playing with the Bitcoin numbers.
0: I think the B Conference um, was a heavily anticipated event. And You know, typically when we, we have, um, you know, it seems like every few months now we're getting a some type of crypto conference. Um, there's always some type of buzz, and there's always some type of uh, optimistic tones that are that um, are delivered to the market. And and I think Musk's pivot um, should not come as a surprise. Um, the Bitcoin Mining Council, which he's a part of, you know, they've they've highlighted the improvement. In uh, in mining and going into renewables, and uh, I think you know Musk has always you know you know supported the notion that um, you know once the mining situation is clearly showing um, substantial progress towards uh, using renewables, uh, I, I think you're going to see that there is a heavy expectation. You're not only going to see Tesla probably. Accepted as payment, you might even see them, you know, put more of it on their, their balance sheet. Uh, Musk s- signaled that he personally owns Bitcoin and also that uh, SpaceX does. So I think there's this belief that, okay, we're probably closer to seeing, um, you know, more support from uh, Elon Musk and his, uh, um, well, he still has a, a loyal following on social media, even though a lot of people, uh, were not happy with him over the last past few months. Um, but, uh, I think you're also probably going to see that, um, you know, the, the focus is heavily on the institutional world. And, uh, you know, this week, what we saw was Fidelity, uh, they came out with a survey and it, it showed that the institutional world is still extremely interested in going into, into cryptos. And, uh, I think that right now you're probably, um, uh, seeing that, uh, um um there's uh, about seven and in ten institutional traders that are still uh, looking to add uh, digital assets uh, to their portfolio so um you know the the opportunity for massive investments is still there, and uh, you know we also heard from uh, Twitter that they're you know looking to make Bitcoin a part of their future and uh you know they might accept payment in bitcoin and uh, i I think as you hear more companies start to do that. Um, you know, that this further cements the, you know, the, the longer term bullish case, which um, now it seems, um, you know, Bitcoin is, is now, um, you know, back into its healthy consolidation zone, which was that 30 to 40,000 level. But I think uh, if you get more endorsements over these coming weeks, uh, you could see that momentum really grow. So uh, it looks like uh, Bitcoin has dodged the bullet as far as avoiding the, the collapse to 20,000.
1: Okay, Ed, uh, before we let you go and enjoy your weekend, what should we look out for in the next week or so before we talk again next Friday?
0: The main event is, is going to be the uh, FOMC. So um, I, I think uh, uh, next week uh, there's there's uh, a lot of uh, GDP and CPI releases globally, but uh, it's uh, I think you're going to see everyone is going to be focused on the Fed. I think uh, the uh, tapered discussions are going to intensify. I think after that policy meeting, we're going to really be able to, um, I think write off, you know, Jackson hole. I think there was, I, I, I was part of the camp that thought that Jackson hole was going to be the perfect opportunity for the fed to signal a formal announcement on, on tapering, uh, Jackson hole, maybe he'll provide some hints, but I think this meeting is going to solidify that, uh, they're they're still in wait and see mode. The debate will intensify, and we'll probably have some more clarity on on uh, on the the way they'll taper. Um, but but I think you're you're not going to see any significant uh, developments as far as uh, or firm commitments that um, that'll happen in in, in Jackson Hole, which means we're maybe looking at September or later, and uh, that ultimately is is rather dovish. Um, given, you know, the, the strength of the economic recovery. And uh, I think that that's going to probably be the, you know, the main event. Uh, I think uh, also, which is just as important, uh, you know, this week, um, the uh, Biden administration was hoping to make more progress on infrastructure spending. That's gotten pushed into next week. So I think uh, you're, you're, you're going to see uh, a lot of people become fixated on that. Um, also, we have to, you know, Focus on the budget and the debt ceiling. <laughs> um, so that's going to be uh, uh, dominating a lot of the headlines too. Um, um, as far as rate decisions go, there's another one I think with Hungary, which they're expected to tighten, but that's not going to, um, I think, garner too much attention. Um, and then also, you know, I think with uh, Europe, you're going to see, uh, you know, GDP be uh, a, a key one. I think a lot of people were anticipating, um, I think, more, not, not. The exiting, uh, you know, some of that weakness. I think uh, the the second quarter has has uh, provided uh, uh, a nice rebound for the euro area, and uh, I think uh, you're going to see that end, uh, the the re- recession gloom. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, um, optimism. I think for a, a lot of these data, this is going to be peak growth for for some countries, um, and uh, over in Australia will probably. Probably see a lot of focus on the CPI. That's expected to to uh, spike higher. So uh, it's a, um, a not as busy as the past couple of weeks. Um, but um, I, I think that uh, you know, uh, as far as the economic data and and uh, central bank meetings, that's that's kind of what's on my radar. And and lastly, uh, it's earnings earnings season. This is uh, peak earnings season. Uh, we get big tech this week. So. You know, as big tech goes, you know, that that really will, will determine, um, I think, whether or not we continue to push further into record high territory. We have Apple, Amazon, uh, Alphabet, Facebook, Microsoft, all reporting uh, next week. So that should provide, um, I think, uh, a lot of attention.
1: Ed, thank you very much for joining us today and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you. You too.
0: The Oanda Podcast.